Hello and welcome to Destination Tokyo. I'm Mark Shardlow and I just want to date stamp this episode. It's going out the day after the British Prime Minister announced the roadmap for the lifting of lockdown in England. And that means the return of schools, the return to recreational sport and the return of crowds at sport. And today on this podcast, I've got the return of Team GB gold medal winner from the women's hockey team in Rio, Shona McAllen. You were watching Shona? I was, of course, I was watching with hopefully most of the country. Yeah, I mean, it's good to have dates and a roadmap set out. You know, looking as though things are going in the right direction and really pleasing to see so many people have been vaccinated. So it affects you in so many ways, I was thinking, you know, as I was watching. You're coming back to see your family, which has you've not been able to do for some time. You've coaching at club level, uh, competing in front of crowds. You've done a lot of school visits and all those things really have, have changed over the last few months. Yeah, all those things have been pretty, uh, pretty non-existent in my life for the last year or so. Probably seen my family less than a handful of times in the past year. You know, face to face, obviously on Zoom, lots and lots and lots. Um, school visits. Been lucky to get one or two in. Um, they were outside visits for coaching. I coach a club team that's been shut down since, well, this lockdown started, so I haven't seen them. So yeah, even though one part of my life carries on in terms of I'm still allowed to train with Great Britain the rest of it just shuts down like the rest of us social life and anything else that goes with it it's just just been non-existent. Can I pick one of those and that's the club coaching because I'm fascinated that a gold medal winner from Rio a member of the GB squad is coaching a club. Yeah so there's there's a couple of strings to it really the first thing was I enjoy coaching so I did a lot in schools and and wanted to coach adults and see where see where it took me second thing was that at the time I was missing I was missing something in my life and thought that it was the competitive stuff at weekends so I w- wasn't playing club hockey at that time Ver- various reasons I'd just come back from injury and I didn't want to add you know more loads to my body I just wanted to concentrate on training for GB um, so I was missing a competitive element in my life really you know training obviously is competitive but you miss that you know that that edge to things I started actually going to park runs on a Saturday and that definitely kick-started my competitiveness you know park runs are great because they're family friendly and not competitive but I I I treated it as a race and I was like right I'm going to try and win this even though there was no way I was going to win it but yeah and then there was still something else missing and the opportunity came up to coach Maidenhead who are um well it's where I live takes me 10 minutes to walk to training and I thought you know what why not let's let's do it and see and um yeah found my feet really a coach with fellow GB player Phil Roper so we do the ladies ones and twos together which is yeah, really good. Been great to work with him, great to work with the girls. Two teams at very different levels. So it requires, yeah, different coaching philosophies and strategies. But yeah, it's been it's been really interesting um to learn more about coaching and the the doing of it, working with different ages, different abilities, um, working with different people with different motivations. You know, my motivation to go to training is to be the best I can be and to win an Olympic gold medal where the, some of these girls' motivations are to socialise and to get out of the house away from kids. So, yeah, I've been doing that and also doing my coaching badges at the same time and it's been great to kind of do the two parallel. What have you learnt about yourself? I think I've learnt that I like to be really quite organised and I like to have a plan and I've learnt that it doesn't always happen like that and you have to be quite flexible. So that I'd have 14 people at training 
and then you've got nine people, no goalkeeper, the person who has the balls didn't turn up, now what kind of thing. <laughs> so learned definitely to just be a bit more relaxed about things and learn to adapt. And I've learned that I do... I do enjoy coaching as a whole, except the weather <laughs> on a on a rainy Wednesday night. And finding what works for different people, like I find really interesting. Um, so for one player, a certain coaching philosophy, strategy, communication won't work for another. And of course, I, I really enjoy the weekends when we get to play um, competitive matches and and put things into practice. And I think actually the most important thing for me is to seeing people learn and improve and enjoy it and lots of the girls think oh they can't do something and they can't do something and then you give them a few like hints and then they can do it and that is great for me to watch um to see the improvement on of the girls what sort of coach are you <laughs> you should ask them i would say i'm pretty laid back and we'll have a laugh however when people are talking and I'm trying to talk, I just stop and just stare at them and wait for them to finish. Um, I'm also that the two, the mainhead twos would um, vouch for this. I'm really not very good if I'm jet lagged. They once had me on a session. I think I'd flown back from Australia on the Tuesday and I was on the Wednesday and my tether was sure that day. It came up in a quiz the other night saying, what's the worst thing? And one of the answers was shown a jet lagged. <laughs> But yeah, I think I'm fairly relatable and can can get on with, with all age groups. And are there differences or similarities between losing and winning as a coach at club level and losing and winning as an international? Um, it doesn't ruin the rest of my day if we lose as a club, uh, as a coach. And it yeah, it's not as important, but don't get me wrong, I hate losing as a coach, especially if we should have won the game or if, you know, I ask, the girls to do something and they don't do it or if we played really well and just not scored you know of course I have the frustrations but you have to remember that for for me and for them it's about enjoyment it's a hobby it's not a it's not a job and it's not you know super important for them to win so to the day job then I mean <laughs> Tokyo is getting ever closer now have you got any matches in sight yeah you're right it is getting closer we're sneaking into March nearly so it's very much kind of crunch time for us. Yeah, match-wise, we, in the calendar, obviously subject to change with COVID, but hopefully, fingers crossed, it'll go ahead. We're going across the island to play some matches against them. And then uh, later on in the year, I think April time, perhaps May, I think we're going somewhere hotter to try and get used to the humidity and the challenges that Tokyo will bring. I'm not sure who, when, what, how yet, but that's the plan. And then looking further ahead in May, we've got Pro League matches in um, London. So, oh, this will challenge me. Maybe even with a crowd, the latter ones. Yeah, yeah, I saw that on, on the um, rules today. So perhaps with a crowd, which will, oh, yeah. I mean, I can't remember the last time I played in front of a crowd. It would have been February 2019, which was in New Zealand. And then, and then the European Championships in June, which is in Holland. So if you look at it kind of, well, from March, April, May, June, July, we've got, well, we're meant to have matches. So it's this next four or five months is going to go super quick, I'm sure. And it was interesting, actually, I hadn't really thought about it, but you reminded me there that we're just concentrating at the moment on, on getting to Tokyo, but actually the conditions will be pretty tough there. Yeah. <laughs> and I got plans to take my reporting team 
to a heat chamber at Loughborough University and experience because the physiologist said you know, that your team should get used to it because it's it's pretty severe and ordinarily you'd be you'd have done quite a bit of acclimatization but this year seems different yeah so if we rewind back to last year in November and December we were doing lots of work in the heat chamber um, with humidities up to oh, I can't really remember I think it was like 60 percent and the temperatures were when high 30s if not I think it was high 30s so we would often do an hour of exercise in that heat chamber a couple of times a week um, and then we went to Australia and New Zealand to get some heat as well obviously this year we haven't been able to use the heat chamber we haven't been able to get away so it's yeah it's going to be challenging especially for these those nations who really aren't used to the heat um, European nations especially um, so yeah hopefully fingers crossed getting to go to some heat and humidity in um, April because yeah it's so different it really is it's yeah it's so different playing in the heat and that's why I was always amused at people who thought that athletes for the Olympics could fly out three days before their competition and oh know, yeah I read that, that? You just couldn't do that <laughs> I, I read that and laughed and I was like you are having a laugh like the most important competition you want someone to fly out maybe a 16 hour flight with what an eight hour time difference and perform like in three days time it, yeah it really made me laugh yeah, that not gonna happen no. not gonna happen no, no way. well fingers crossed I mean if we're looking for for restrictions lifted soon it'll be as normal as it can be in terms of time timings and stuff like that hey Shona great to see you and you Mark keep up the good work with the podcasts cheers and thanks to Shona fingers crossed she gets games in and also that Maidenhead get back playing club hockey as soon as possible uh, that's just about it for today. A quick reminder that I'm making these podcasts to try and raise money for Maggie's Cancer Centres. If you want to find out more and find out my story, you can go to justgiving.com and search Destination Tokyo, or you can look at the show notes. Every day there are show notes attached to the podcast, and you can find some information and the details of the Just Giving site there. That's it for today, though. Thanks for listening, and see you tomorrow. Bye-bye.